0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Technical Difficulties, the podcast, a show where I get to talk about whatever I want to talk about with some pretty awesome people. Um, So today I'd like to send a big warm welcome to my friend Noah Thulin. I hope I'm saying your last name right. Yeah. Um, (laughs) All right, cool. Who is an artist, filmmaker, and known by some to be referred to as Young Keanu. Uh, Noah, I'm very happy to have you on today's show. So thank you very much for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me, Dustin.
0: Oh, of course. So for, I guess, people that don't know you, um, I'd, is there anything that you might like to um, tell our audience a bit about yourself and what you like to do in your free time?
1: Yeah. Um, I guess the main thing is I, I don't know if artists, I don't know. I don't know if I, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that term, but uh, I like to make and work on any kind of film that I can uh, I really like editing. I really like making like production props, any sort of stuff like that. And I don't know, I guess everything I do in my free time kind of feeds into that in some sort of way. There's right. almost nothing that I do. I yeah, I mean, don't... There's almost nothing that I do that doesn't feed into that in some way.
0: That That's awesome, though. And I wouldn't be, I don't know, I wouldn't be ashamed to refer to yourself as an artist, um, I, I wouldn't go out of your way to be like, yeah, I'm an artist, but <laughs> I, I feel like it's, it's okay to, you know, to refer to yourself as that, because that is, you know, filmmaking and the stuff that you do is, you know, is an art form. So it actually took me a, a bit of a while to admit that I'm a filmmaker, which sounds really weird. Mm-hmm. I, I would always, because I don't want to sound cocky. I would say, I'm a I'm an independent filmmaker or a low budget filmmaker and I kind of just got to a point where I thought why don't I just say I'm a filmmaker uh-huh. like why am I afraid of sounding cocky by just stating what I Exactly.
1: Do? That's the thing. It's what it is, but it's like some about saying it. But even like what I actually do for work is like is you know, I I make like ads and commercials and marketing stuff and I guess the term is videographer but I don't really like that mm-hmm. term either. I don't know what term I like. So,
0: Right. Because you also edit and you do different stuff. You're, you're not just simply behind the camera. Yeah,
1: yeah. We, we edit and um, a lot of the stuff we've been doing, we come up with the props and um, direct the actors in some way and kind of help write certain things. So we can, we can be doing everything, basically, which I'm very right. lucky to be able to do that as an actual job.
0: Oh gosh. Yes. Especially right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Since, uh, it seems like a lot of, a lot of stuff has been put on hold, but so the, the company that you work for they uh, pardon me if I'm incorrect, but they're a, like an auto company or they're involved with automobiles or, or is that? Yeah.
1: Right? They, um, the specific division I work for, they, um, basically just work on selling this off-road vehicle, And, uh, that's the main thing we make videos for, but we also get, the company has a lot of other sort of arms and different things. And we do internal videos as well and, um, do some work for the other like branches of the company that work on other, other things. So we kind of, we kind of go all over the place. We can be shooting stuff that's like, you know, outside and car related. And then we can also be doing stuff that's entirely editing footage that already exists for a video for someone to show during a meeting so like i just recently like there's just been a ton of like internal stuff especially now that we've been editing together and um i've noticed that's been i think everyone every um video that comes out now any commercial you see coming out now all of it is just stock footage so i don't know i don't know how much experience you have from combing through stock footage for stuff but like it's all the same. It's all people smiling, slow mo <laughs> slider shots of everyone looking happy, and there's like maybe like a lens flare or something like that. It's all the same, and every oh, every right. ad for everything is using the same stuff now.
0: Wow, I I guess I'll have to pay more attention because I well when I've been watching stuff, I haven't really been wa I I don't watch television. I don't I don't even have cable, which which sounds mm-hmm. odd, but. I did notice I was watching, I was watching Hulu and because Hulu does have uh, some commercials Mm -hmm. sometimes and there was a commercial and it was very, it was very weird. It was, it was kind of surreal. It was for, um, I think like a travel agency or something and it was showing, you know, these islands and everything. And it was, it was, the message was something along the lines of, we know you can't travel now, but when you can (laughs) like, think of us. Yeah.
1: Like don't and don't forget. I thought
0: it was I thought it was just so bizarre.
1: Yeah, and that's see that's like a lot of it's like a really interesting tone that they've switched to. And like so many of them are, are like just what you said. They're like, Hey guys, uh don't forget about us. Like all the those like uh restaurant ads and stuff like that. That's like, Yeah, you can't come in, but we can come to you guys, remember?
0: <laughs> so you so with the kind of work you do, it is it does involve some sort of advertising mm-hmm. yeah so have they had to i guess um do due, due to the limitations and everything right now um kind of tailor that into the way that they advertise oh yeah a ton
1: i mean like everything that like prefaces stuff like um it, like it like tangentially refers to the fact that oh yeah stuff's not right right now but you know everything will be okay and hang in there like in some way it will refer to it, you know, it'll like put it off, but like be reassuring in the same sort of way, you know?
0: Yeah. That's, it's very similar to what I was describing, but there's like a certain term that has been recently been thrown around a lot, but I can, I just can't think Mm -hmm. of it offhand, but it's, it's very similar to what you're talking about. Speaking of all this going on survival (laughs) horror (laughs) (laughs) is the is the topic we're definitely
1: living um, in the world of survival horror
0: you know thankfully things do seem to be um for the most part a bit on on the upswing but it's definitely been um i i guess like because recently the uh resident evil 3 remake came out and i was playing that and then i was playing the original dead space and there's stuff in those games that are kind of strange to like to be experiencing right now when there's missions and stuff referring to viruses and you know searching for an antidote and stuff like that and so it I don't know it just it's this it's this very strange feeling Um, but I don't know I do find it a bit comforting because um, especially in like Resident Evil 3 just you know how horrific everything is with the Umbrella Corporation and what they're doing And I just kind of sit there like, well, at least it's not that bad.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it could be. Yeah. (laughs) Good thing the virus can't, you know, fire missiles at people.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like we could be running from Nemesis right now, but no, thankfully we, we just have to sit inside and watch, you know,
1: Netflix and stuff.
0: So I kind of wanted to just start talking about the survival horror genre because I feel like it has, it's gotten more popular um, especially now they uh, the resident evil series yep. in particular that has recently just been yep. exploding. You, then, you, then you have games like dead by daylight, which has a huge following now, um, which I kind of forgot about that game until more recently. Now it seems like that game is mm-hmm. really popular, um, especially with people, people playing online together. But I wanted to start by talking about the survival horror genre and to, a good way i thought we'd kind of kick it off is to talk about how we were first introduced yeah. to it
1: wow uh, i i don't know i think it all kind of happened around the same time i'm trying to even think of what the first one i played was it might have been when did resident evil 5 come out was that 2009
0: yeah resident evil 5 hmm it might've been even earlier. That might've been around 2007,
1: man. I, cause it was either, cause it was before, I remember when that game was coming out, I saw a lot of stuff for it and I was always really interested about it. And I remember back in the days of like uh, G4 <laughs> when they were still around. Um, oh yeah. I remember there were all, there were like certain games that got so much coverage on there, like God of War two um Resident Evil 4, Metal Gear Solid 3, like the really big PlayStation 2 like classics and stuff like that. And I always remember how interesting Resident Evil 4 looked cuz like it was just nothing like, you know, anything I'd ever played cuz like back back then like I only I only ever really played like Halo and like Metroid. Those were like the only games uh, I really yeah. ever played when I was a lot younger. And then something about those uh, Resident Evil Four really caught my eye, and I eventually ended up getting around to playing that and then I think it was like the same time it was around that i I played Resident Evil 4 and dead Space came out and I think Resident Evil 5 was like just before or just after dead space I can't remember when but like it was like that
0: yeah it, it, was, was, after, it was after it was like
1: that like sort of period where I just played those three games and i absolutely love those are probably some of the games i've played the most ever like single player games and then from there i just went back and um for resident evil and i just i started playing the older ones on like the playstation 3 uh, store and yeah at this point i think i've played almost every single resident evil game besides i think revelations 2 Outbreak two gotcha. and um I think some of the spin-offs. Like I never played Operation Raccoon City or uh Gun Survivor, like ones like those I never played. But I think right. I've played almost every other one.
0: Right. So you're telling me you never played Resident Evil Gaiden <laughs> for the Game yet. Boy Color?
1: I've never played that. I am aware <laughs> of that one <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's it, it's not. Um, it's not well yeah. known for Isn't a reason. Isn't it like
1: Leon um, Kennedy in it and Barry or something?
0: Yeah, it it does have Leon Kennedy, and it's a, kind of a top down, um, scroller type game. And then the the battles you kind of shift into a um, from what I recall a first uh-huh. person mode where you and it was kind of unique. You have the zombie, and then the aiming reticle shows up, and it's either one of those where you can freely aim or that it automatically goes left and right and you have to press a to like get it to uh really hit your target <laughs> yeah yeah one one I of just, those games. yeah i was
1: i i've heard about it like joked about it a thousand times but i never even i yeah i don't even know what kind of game it is
0: yeah it's uh i guess it's considered action adventure
1: when did that come but... out
0: It actually came out in, so North America, it was 2002. Really? Yeah. And I remember it coming out and I remember wanting to buy it because it was only, it was T for teen, you know, back then I couldn't really Mm -hmm. play anything mature, but nowadays the game is really expensive. It easily goes for hundreds of dollars. So it's, it's kind of one of those games where it's not great, but if you own it, that's That's sad that a lot of
1: like rare games like that. You know, so many like classic games that were kind of hard to find before. Like, those were the there's like expensive ones, but now like all good games that got ported up, you know, in some way. And so now the really exclusive mm-hmm. rare ones are usually not very good.
0: There's there's still something to be said about them. And um, speaking of Dead Space too, because the uh, I think it was Visceral Games because they um, went bankrupt yeah. or went under. The Dead Space games haven't. I I don't know if it's due to uh, a rights or a licensing thing, but the games haven't, there's a reason that they haven't been able to do like an HD, you know, remake Mm -hmm. or remaster collection. That's why I had to get the games on uh, for Xbox 360, I believe, because they're not available anywhere else on any newer consoles. Really? Yeah, and it's it's because the it's because the company went bankrupt, and my guess is something happened with. Yeah, the Yeah, I, I hadn't even
1: really thought about that just because I I just that's Resident Evil Dead Space is another one of the series I just have them on like a bunch of different consoles, like I probably have
0: mm-hmm.
1: I probably have Dead Space on almost everything. I think I have it on PC, Xbox, and PlayStation.
0: Right, and same with uh, Resident Evil Four. I I've probably had that game on more game consoles than actual than the actual amount of yeah right consoles that I
1: have. <laughs> just for collection's sake it might be on like mm-hmm. everything like i i was i think there was just another thing they because i think they released it for the switch recently and that was like the last thing it wasn't on
0: uh yep yeah i think the um the atari 2600 <laughs> <Yeah>. is next <laughs> could you imagine i, I think awesome. like a pixelated
1: <laughs> like, or like whatever bit that is
0: I would have to say the closest we get to something like that being pulled off is they it never got released but they were making a port of the the original Resident Evil um so like from the Sony PlayStation they were actually and there's still like demos out there but they were trying to port it to the Game Boy Color Really if you look up there's there's uh there's there's videos and screenshots of it it actually doesn't look that bad I don't know how they pulled it off but it the gameplay was very similar to the original game. Oh yeah. I remember hearing about this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. I don't remember seeing, I'm just looking it up now. Yeah. I remember seeing some of these. It was pretty, that is pretty crazy. They got that far.
0: They did. And then they were like, Oh, th- this was an experiment. We we weren't <laughs> actually serious about this. Yeah.
1: It's amazing how many iterations it went through.
0: No, most definitely. Um, I was going to say about, uh, for me, I also got my feet wet in the survival horror genre, also with Resident Evil. I, I believe the first one that I played was Resident Evil Zero oh, really? um, back for the GameCube. Interesting. Yeah, I, I remember renting it from Blockbuster.
1: Oh, man. Which ages me. Rest in peace.
0: There's still one Blockbuster open, and I guess it's doing really well <laughs> what, right now. Where? <laughs> so, um, it it's somewhere... I think it's Uh, like Alaska or somewhere where they don't really have like good internet. Like you can't really like stream stuff. So there's, there's still one blockbuster. And I, I heard, I saw an article, I don't know if it's accurate or not, that it's actually doing very well right now, which I can imagine. That's awesome. I just picture it like
1: off on like its own Island. You have to take like a rowboat to get through it and like clear through a bunch of fog.
0: That's basically (laughs) part of,
1: part of uh,
0: the odyssey. I mean, it, it to me that would be like the ultimate um, adventure. It's you know trying to go to the the very last blockbuster and, but I don't know if they would let you rent it because you know where do the yeah, to actually a return it? That you just you go walk I, around. I mean, um, I would. I yeah, would no one better
1: tell it. Netflix they're going to go after them. <laughs> they're going to head there with a can of gasoline. Oh,
0: I I I actually I think that's really cool. Um, not just the whole blockbuster thing, but the fact that um right now you have things like drive-in movies that are getting a lot more popular um which so it's it's cool that because there are limitations that people are getting creative and they're finding different ways for entertainment and i just read that there is um there's a movie i can't remember exactly what it's called offhand but there's a horror movie right now that is it's been number one for like three weeks i can't remember what the movie is called but they released it to uh, a bunch of drive-ins and the movie, it's made about, it's made over $300,000 which might not sound like a lot but like uh, not many movie mm-hmm. theaters are open right now so the fact that it's making that much money in drive-ins is pretty like, is pretty awesome. Yeah
1: definitely, I mean yeah it'll be interesting to see what the reaction is once uh, movie theaters start opening up again see how much people miss, miss that experience
0: that was actually something I was talking about earlier, because, you know, obviously films—it's it is an industry and it is about making money and trying to get people in seats. But nowadays, I feel like if uh, movie theaters open back up, or when they open back up, it's going to serve a different purpose of sorts, where people now want—they just want to get out of the house, they want to go do something, they want to have an escape, kind of back how movies used to be, before it was more of a. Mm-hmm you know corporate thing and i feel like we could potentially see some um as far as the films in the theaters going back to more um where you're actually going to see like more interesting films and not where everything is just a blockbuster yeah because they're worried about people not,
1: not enough uh kickback from people in seats and stuff like that how they like pushed all those movies back you know
0: yeah and even like like a quiet place too you've got um Edgar Wright's film. You've got all these that all these big films that you know I was really looking yeah, forward dude, to seeing. Those are all Roy. getting pushed out. So, oh gosh, yeah, yeah, that one too. Yeah, I'll be very curious to see what they what they end up doing or what the game plan is. I haven't heard anything um, not not much talk about uh, from people in the movie industry. So I'd be you know pretty curious to see what they what they plan on doing and how they plan mm-hmm. on pulling that off. So I don't want to get too, too, uh, too off in the woods here, but I did kind of want to circle back to, um, so we were, we were discussing uh, the resident evil series and dead space. And that's when I was talking about resident evil zero and and blockbuster and all that. But (laughs) that was my very first taste of survival horror. And I remember um, I might've, I I was a teenager, but I was playing resident evil zero and listening to (laughs) power man 5,000 and uh, which you know pretty much can describe to you like where, what uh, what decade yeah, you know where, where I was at that, that, that point in time. Yeah, very two thousands. And I just I, I love the game. Like I specifically remember a part where um when when you're on the train in Resident Evil Zero, and I was playing it late at night. My whole family was in bed, so nobody was out. And I was starting to get a little creeped out, and I was like, you know what, I I I want to keep playing, you know, and I'll I'll you know I'll toughen it out. And then I got to a part where it it switches to a cutscene, and you hear this weird roar that just sounded like really scary and creepy. And I literally at that point I was like, nope, I'm done, I'm shutting this off, I'm going to bed, like <laughs> uh, I, good night, <laughs> because I. I had finally reached the point can't where I'm like, nope, I, I just can't do this. No, not not when I'm alone in the dark playing this game. But that that for me that was like one of my first experiences in in getting to see what a survival horror game is like, um, where you know the the elements are kind of against you, you know, and um, of course um, zero. Like the early Resident Evil games had like the fixed camera perspective. So it kind of, it gives you this claustrophobic feel that you don't really get for, from some games that, you know, you have like free, free moving cameras because you can, Mm -hmm. you have more control over it. But that, I thought that was the, that was the big thing about Resident Evil 4 when that came out was they were like, oh my gosh, we're switching from fixed camera angles and tank controls to now Mm -hmm. it's just a normal game
1: (laughs) yeah i always i always thought that that was interesting i remember when you know resident evil 4 was such the you know pariah and shunned for changing all that and now and now it just in a kicked off like the third person action genre kind of how it is today even like there's so little that's yeah, changed I would, I would besides say so. Resident Evil 4 had, um, you know, you couldn't move around, but I always thought how interesting the game was so well-tuned for you not being able to move and shoot at the same time. Like as much of a disadvantage as that seems, the way the right. enemies approach you and attack, it's like so set up to be, it, it it functions within that sense of you not being able to move around, you know? And, and, and just, and I think that's kind of the link it has to the older games. Like, you know, the fixed camera and everything like that was kind of a handicap Mm. and the tank controls and everything like that. But the game, the monsters moved at you at a very slow pace. You have auto aim, you know, there's, there's just these, these things that seem really awkward, but the game is tuned properly for them. And then as the games developed, you know, they, they, they shifted no. those little parameters, you know.
0: No, most definitely. And, and you can see how a game like that, like you can have limitations, but if you kind of tailor it to the gameplay itself, then it's not that noticeable, you know, it. It it makes sense within the, the realm of the game, but if you were to have those same controls in a more modern game, then you could see people just being frustrated and being like, Okay, why can't mm-hmm. I move and, aim and I at think the same wisely
1: time? Like, with the remake and, and of like two mad. and three, they uh they you have the option to move and shoot now. But the idea of accuracy and missing your shots is so much more common now. And the enemies are a lot more bullet spongy, so Again, they mm. shifted everything. So now you got a more fixed perspective. You have more fluid control. But the enemies are way more dangerous now. And they don't give you as much ammo as you did. Like this is mainly the comparisons I'm making between Re- the original Resident Evil 2 and the new remake of Resident Evil 2. But you know how right. how much more desperate you are for headshots in uh the new the new version of it and everything like that and how much more ammo you got in the original, like I think they did such that game is just amazing. You know the 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 it's such a perfect translation to kind of like a new era. I think
0: that that is a really good point that you bring up in the because in Resident Evil two and three definitely the the remakes, just how many um, like you call them sponges. I like that term where you're just pumping so many bullets into the enemies and it's because you have the freedom of movement. So it's, it's a lot easier to pump <laughs> bullets into the enemies. So to kind of offset that, that's, you know, that's why the difficulty is changing like that. And I don't know how it is in resident evil three per se, but I remember resident evil two. How do you, do you remember how the difficulty adjusts based on your, your gameplay? Yeah. Style? You're talking
1: about uh, the original two.
0: Well, I am uh, referring to the uh, the remake Resident Evil Two, the um, because in in the remake they the so you have like different difficulty settings, but even if you pick like the lowest difficulty setting, it does adjust based on your gameplay, and the difficulty will actually increase even though you've picked like oh, a lower. Oh, that's right. And this,
1: yeah, if you get killed, it starts to change those right yeah 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 get a bit yeah easier. i think i
0: remember that yeah because yeah because if you notice when you're playing if you're let's say you're having a really hard time um enemies will die in fewer shots than if you're you know if you're um okay now, now i'm starting to confuse myself <laughs> if you are like doing really well i guess the enemies would be mm-hmm. harder to kill yeah yeah nice I, I remember
1: hearing this and i remember when they were talking about implementing that they said how it's been a thing since resident evil 4 or like resident evil 4 had it as well and i had never known that <laughs> i played resident evil 4 so many times hmm. i never knew that
0: yeah i personally i, I yeah, yeah, recall yeah me neither really but i
1: think i think it was just the amount of hits enemies could take before like you know their heads would get knocked off or whatever and I guess that makes sense because it always does feel like enemies gotcha. kind of have an amorphous amount of health in these games, you know, unless you use like a power, mm-hmm. a more powerful weapon.
0: That's something I, I, I definitely noticed in the Resident Evil three remake. I was, cause I'm, I'm in the process mm-hmm. of trying to beat it on hardcore mode and I got to the part in the hospital where spoiler, if anyone uh, listening right now is, doesn't want to hear about this, but In the hospital part, where um, like the power goes out and you have to defend uh, the door, where uh, where um, uh, Jill Jill is in Mm because she you know she got like infected, and I'm playing it on hardcore mode and it's still it's very very difficult, but the zombies die way way easier than I felt like they did when in the normal difficulty. And yeah, and I thought it was because there's more of them. So obviously, if if it if they all took forever to kill, and you're fighting off this horde, it would just be yeah. like, just way way too hard. So they all they all
1: yeah, I was die, like, tra- I I quickly. remember thinking that too because um, I thought it was something like if they get knocked down, I don't think they play dead in that section. I think is what it is. So like if you shoot them enough, they'll go down. But I think if you knock right. them over with like a grenade, I think they could still get back up. I, I only played through the, uh, I only played through that one once, um, but uh, I thought that same sort of feeling because I remember how many bullets they would take from uh, Carlos's assault rifle.
0: Yeah, because the with the assault rifle, it's like you you pump them a few times and then they're mm-hmm. they're just down. I I did I did actually I wanted to ask about that because when the Resident Evil Two remake came out. I played it so many times um because it had the the dual um yeah um like story storylines playthroughs so you've got the Leon and then the Claire. Mm-hmm. And it, there's A and B for both. So I played, you know, Leon and then Claire, and then I did Leon B and then Claire B, and then I played yep. it again on um uh, higher difficulty. So I played mm-hmm. I played through that game so many times and uh, it had been a really long time since a game had really sucked me into the point where I just wanted to keep playing it, and for uh, for months after that game came out, yeah, I still yeah, I'm the exact actually.
1: same way. I, I, am like a very much a pro- of a proponent for like now. I only aim for games that are really like a set length. Like open world games are kind of off my radar now because I just it's so hard to get through them, and I hate uh, yeah. A game unfinished. And it's the even one like it's like I kinda oh and I like the game too. It's like it's just harder to make time for it. But I'm the exact same way. That when that game came out, I, I yeah, I don't know how many times I must have beaten it because it was like the your first playthrough will take you a little while to get to grips with it. Like maybe like six, eight hours or something like that. But once you kind of figure out where all the little key areas are and what you're saving up for, you can like easily get through that game even on tough difficulties in like two hours, two or three hours. And they did a good job with they included oh, yeah. like all the old modes from the original version, like the uh the fourth survivor mode, and they added in like uh those like extra game modes where you played as different characters and in remix scenarios. They did such a good job with that.
0: Yeah, yes. and <laughs> less lest we not forget Tofu, which is who's who's probably yeah, most iconic, the best character in the far. whole series. And the music that plays when you play as Tofu is just the most yeah. incredible thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Actually, the first time I, uh, so a little context for listeners, um, you unlock, so there's different modes you can unlock where it's kind of like a set, um, there's like a set path you have to get through. And you, you play as one character named Hunk, Hunk
1: <laughs> where mm-hmm.
0: you have to get to an extraction point. And so you have like limited ammo, limited health. You just have to try to get to yeah, the Yeah, it's up. like a challenge. So it's kind of, of like a survival mode. You also unlock Tofu, who is literally, he's just a block of Tofu with a hat. And so the first time I played this, I I was playing it at, because I at the time I lived at my brother's house. And because he had mm-hmm. a kid, you know, I'd play with the volume turned down a bit. And I'm, I'm playing as Tofu. And I did it a few times because I, I was horrible at it. And then I kind of paused it and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I was like, is that music coming from the game? And so I turned it up and the music that plays when you're playing is Tofu. Um, I, I might have to throw in a sound clip uh, for this episode, but it's like this amazing mm-hmm. technical metal song.
1: And it's just they're like, okay, whatever. Like what music fits <laughs> right. this? I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, how about this uh thirty minute song from Mashuga as uh uh-huh. as basically what yeah, it that, like. yeah, that
1: was that was a great inclusion. And uh, they they even I, upped that where like if you beat that mode there was like other versions of tofu you could you could play as who had other ah uh, yeah um, different colored sets of equipment they could use. Like there was the one that only had grenades. I remember yeah, that one yeah, was a lot uh, of fun to use.
0: Yeah, I think I might have unlocked him. Um, the one with the knife. Like I, I had a really hard time with that. I even after doing it multiple times, I just mm-hmm. always felt like I got my butt handed to me. But I think I think my brother and I we were able to get to yeah the tofu where yeah he's got I think
1: I think the one I had the hardest time with, and I don't know if I even beat it with it was there's one that you beat that has like the specialist weapons. So it has like the flamethrower and that four, mm. um, four barreled rocket launcher that Leon gets at the end. Yeah. So there's no so way. that's got I, like I did that, not know and this. And I think it's got, it has a di- another special weapon. I forgot which one, but it's got like that stuff. And that one's very hard oh, to gosh. use as well because you have very limited resource, a bunch of very limited resources. Uh, As opposed to just having a bunch of one thing,
0: right? I I really want to see this now. I just want to see tofu Mm -hmm. with uh, like a flamethrower because I feel like that that is all that that is that is all that is enjoyable. But yeah, that
1: would game man. That was that one was really good. That that remake was awesome.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah, it was uh, it I. I guess like I didn't have crazy high expectations for it. I I was like, "Oh, this is cool, Resident Evil 2 remake." But it ended up surprising me and it became one of my favorite games that I've ever played. Um just because mm-hmm. of how well how well it was made and also the fact that I didn't know I didn't know about Mr. X so I because I never actually played the original Resident Evil 2. So, I literally mm-hmm. had no idea that Mr. X was in the game. And the way that they introduce Mr. X, they don't have like a cut scene. There's no intro. There's no build up. They just kind of like, you know, because you have there's a, a helicopter that's on fire and you have to go put out the flames. And so you do that. And I'm like, cool, I'm, I'm getting to the next area. And then all of a sudden, Mr. X shows up. He shoves aside the helicopter and then he just starts chasing you and there's no like mm-hmm. context or anything so i'm like who is this guy and like yeah. I, like and, what do i yeah. do like, and that's such a, chase a and, he,
1: and it's way and, more because you never played the original and the original he is not nearly as well done because mm-hmm. he's basic he's only in the b scenario for each character and he can't go through oh, doors oh wow yeah and he's also he can be oh, knocked really? down and when he's knocked down he won't get up he has like set areas where he spawns in at, and those are uh, kind of good moments because it's like you're in a tight sort of space, and he just jumps up, and you basically have to either take a hit and run through him or try to whittle him down. And those are kind of okay things, and it's cool because it's like it's in the B scenario, so it's like all these areas you've traversed, and now oh, all of a sudden he busts him through a wall in this puzzle area, but he's got this big introduction where you see like this big thing crash down and you know, he slowly walks towards you and, and yeah, it's not nearly as well done. And also the aspect of him being able to chase you was, uh, was not in there. So you just basically ran out the other way through a door and then, you know, you're done with him.
0: That's, that's kind of how I felt about nemesis in the, in the resident evil three remake. Um, and because that—that's kind of what I was getting to—was just how how replayable Resident Evil Two is. And I I beat Resident Evil Three, and then I wanted to play it again on the hardcore uh, difficulty. But that was—it came out
1: yeah.
0: I think back in or around March, and I I've gotten to, and it's mostly because I keep dying and I I just give up. But I have I haven't been able to like replay the game. Um, just like I did with Resident Evil 2 and also with the nemesis I thought nemesis was awesome so he's kind of he's kind of supposed to be like the Mr. X on steroids and um so and I guess some of the things I had heard kind of made me feel like a bit let down because I heard that he was going to be able to follow you into into like safe rooms And so, which I was kind of mad when I heard that spoiler, but then it like didn't happen. And so I don't know if maybe it was referring to one of the other difficulty settings, but. But
1: I'm trying to even remember, I'm trying to remember which save. I I guess I was expecting more. Get to in that game.
0: As, As far as I know, I don't know about the original, but as far as I know in the remake, he couldn't get to any of them because he will just stand outside wherever you go yeah. so like he'll just stand outside and just basically wait so like the second you go out he's gonna try to grab you but he won't he won't actually come in it doesn't seem yeah. like they program yeah him which that is too bad because to that. that
1: would really um change things because i remember when i heard that originally and i'm like that might be too far because yeah in the original game the only safety from him when he's chasing you is the save rooms and um it's like mr x and in the re2 Mm -hmm. remake and um he would also just show up in random areas in re3 as well like when you're running through in the original re3 when you're running through the streets and stuff like that and i think the biggest problem with him in this new one is that he's very set to where he comes from there's about once there's like two sections in the first Mm -hmm. act of the game in the city where uh he uh he will basically, you have like, I think, three methods of getting from point A to point B. And he has, he has like a different way of uh, jumping in on you and cutting you off, depending on which route you go through, which was really cool. Um, but that's kind of it throughout the game. Other than that, they added a bunch of new boss fights with him. But in terms of him pursuing you, which was, you know, that was the thing that everyone mm-hmm. remembered so well. They they cut it all out, really, and a lot of that is because they cut the, um, the, de- the police department section, got changed heavily, because then again, in the original,
0: mm. and it's kind
1: of a double-edged sword, because in the original one, they just reuse the assets, like straight up, they reuse the police department from the original, from the second one, uh, and you just yeah. play like an abridged version of it, but Nemesis can follow you through basically uh, almost all of it. Like that big staircase stairwell in um, oh, wow. the de- the police department. I think he jumps through that big window that a zombie crashes through in the new mm-hmm. remake. He comes straight through that window right by where that save room is.
0: Oh wow. And
1: um yeah, from that point on it's just it's just nightmarish. And he's got like he just has the rocket launcher at that point and it's just it's so unexpected. It's kind of like uh Oh man. What you were saying about Mr. X, how it's just so nonchalant how he comes into these areas. And then, like all of a sudden, you've got to completely change any plans uh, yeah. you had.
0: Yeah, I I think that was the biggest thing because I I loved Emes- uh, Nemesis in the in mm-hmm. the remake. Uh, yeah. Like I love his design, I love like everything about it. But it's just uh like like how you described like it's he comes into certain points. It's not like just mm-hmm. random. He comes into like set points in the game. So if you're replaying it, you already know what to expect. And I, I was a bit surprised because they had been teasing it that basically Nemesis yeah. could show up at any point in the game, like unexpectedly. And which I thought would have been incredible. Like, had they been like, okay, so, you know, this, this whole section here, you've got to get from point A to point B mm-hmm. and then Nemesis, it's not exactly scripted into it, but he's, he will just kind of show up whenever and like wherever. And, Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of how I was expecting it to be. So I I wasn't really expecting it to be that, you know, every almost every time you face him, it um a lot of the times it turns into yeah. a boss fight and then it's like very cinematic and you have the cutscenes and everything. And I think that might be more why um I, I think two things is because it um it, it, it does come like mm-hmm. it's it is very polished, but it does come across as being a bit rushed especially considering the yeah. the Resident Evil 2 and 3 remakes came out a year apart. And then the other thing too is that because it's, you know, it's it's big and flashy like this is a AAA title, so it's got these awesome cinematic cutscenes, but yeah. it's almost too cinematic, like it's very movie-like. So <laughs> because it's very cinematic and movie-like, then obviously you you can't really have a bunch of random stuff like it seems like each thing as, as cool as it is that each thing, you know, kind of ties into the story, mm-hmm. it, it almost ties too much into the story where it kind of doesn't yeah. leave a lot of room. Yeah, for, I uh, feel like spont- if they would have,
1: I don't know, if they would have given them another maybe like half of a year or something like that, because I feel like really what it was missing in its incarnation is it just needed one more area for Nemesis to be able to really come after you. Like the city works is a good introduction mm-hmm. to him but if they had another hub area for you to go through kind of like the sewers are the second hub in uh um the re2 remake and like it's like this it's like you already figured out how the Mm -hmm. police station works you're in with the game and then they really start dialing things up with those big uh the sewer creatures and stuff like that and 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 that's kind of like almost every Uh, one of the classic resident evils work in this way. They have a hub area. They might have a transition between that and another hub area. And that hub area is usually a little bit smaller and more difficult. And then after that, you get railroaded through boss fights and boss fights, maybe another small hub area, but that's mainly just boss fights to the end. That's kind of the structure for almost every one of them. And yeah, RE3 remake It's basically like a very small hub area, a very small hub area, railroads, a very small hub area, and then railroads straight to the end. You know, like, there's not a lot of openness to it. And I feel like if the game leaned into more so what the original one did, because what the original one was, was also a very budget, very quick turnaround game that they just had to put out there but the game was adjusted to be very randomized and replayable because, like, Nemesis had a bunch of different ways to show up. Enemy Mm. placements were very different, which I've heard this one does that, too, as you up the difficulty. So I'll give it that. But, like, if I remember right, RE3 did it from, like, life to life. So, like, if you died in an area, they could change the enemies on your respawn, I think, in the original one. And same with ammo Mm. placement and stuff like that. And um, that's kind of what I think saved that as well, as well as they introduced the mercenary mode in the original RE3, which was, you know, their first kind of like, one of the Uh, first delves into like a sort of arcadey add-on mode to the main game. And they don't have really any, they don't have anything like that besides the the shop um, in the remake, you know. So it it definitely feels like the game got pushed out mm-hmm. just before it was ready, which is too bad. And it seems like that's because from there's been a bunch of leaks that there's a new Resident Evil coming out next year. <laughs>
0: Yeah there there's been a lot of leaks a lot of uh uh and actually there's some stuff I wanted to discuss too um I and I I think you're you're pretty I think you're pretty accurate there in saying that you know this potentially this game was rushed I mean it it, it did um even to me as as stoked as I was to be able to play the the next mm-hmm. one like so closely after the Resident Evil 2 remake came yeah. out it did feel like very sudden And, but then I, I start hearing, um, about kind of the reason that's kind of what I wanted to get into next. So, um, I don't know if you've heard, but they've been, there's been a lot of rumors about Resident Evil eight, which is going to be, um, basically a direct sequel to Resident Evil seven biohazard, which was in, uh, first person. But what I read recently is that the, and it also ties into the character design of Nemesis, that they wanted in um, I'm pretty sure like it hasn't been confirmed, but the, the the like the creators of it of the like Resident Evil 3 remake they specifically said that the character design with Nemesis was um, done a certain way to tie better into Resident Evil 4. Um, so it's like, it's pretty, it's pretty strongly implied that Resident Evil 4 remake is like pretty close um, around the corner. Mm-hmm. And because in, in that one, you have Las Plagas which was more, um, it was like cult based. And it was, it, it wasn't like an, I'm trying to think of a good way to describe it. Because it was, it wasn't just like a virus that would, you know, turn you into a zombie. Yeah. It was something, some kind of parasite that would almost similar Mm -hmm. to like the thing like the you know john carpenter uh film where it it is you would have these zombies and you would kill them and then all of a sudden their head would explode and then this like giant i don't know weird hp lovecraft type thing would come out and would try to like stab you because it had like a needle on the end um yeah, so cuz the idea were, I think like, the idea was tendrils, that it was like a tendrils, virus that, that was able thing. to be
1: more um, maintained because all these people would be infected and then there was someone who had a host one that was able to control all the lesser versions of it. So it's not like the 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 G virus or the T virus. Ah, uh, yeah. Um which which both one made zombies one mutated mm-hmm. people horribly and weren't able to be controlled because the whole idea is that these viruses were made for medical slash military purposes, but went way too far. So the last blog, to me, always seemed like the next step, like a more controlled mm. virus, you know, in a way that could be used to exploit people.
0: Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, no. Like, like COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, I man. mean, I, there's there's theories out there. But, but no, and, and that's what I, that's what I was saying. That's, that's, what's kind of strange about playing these games now is, you know, especially with the, all the talks about like viruses and everything. And, um, I thought, I thought it was pretty cool what they did with resident evil four. And there is elements in the game that playing now are pretty like, um, like the, I, oh. I can't remember his name, but he's like the really short dude. And Resident Evil yeah, 4, he's dressed and like he has, Napoleon. He has like, like a comical what's name.
1: Voice. Oh, Salazar—that's his. Name.
0: Yeah, yeah, Salazar. Yeah, and so I'm—I'm I'm wondering with the Resident Evil Four, uh, with the remake, like if they're how they're going to, because uh, Resident Evil Two and Three—they're pretty mm-hmm. like they're pretty realistic, you know, in the sense like yeah. it's pretty it's pretty like rounded. It's it feels like realistic. So if if they were going to do Resident Evil Four, like would they still have some of those elements? Because some of that was kind of,
1: yeah, it, I mean,
0: it, it came off as a bit. It'd be,
1: like it'd be interesting for stuff like that because right. part of the part of the charm of it is because it went full, not taking itself seriously for the most part, you know, in um in that, and it was interesting because I thought. Mm-hmm. When I was thinking about this, I was thinking mainly from a gameplay standpoint, how it was going to be interpreted. I didn't even think about the story sort of settings, but yeah, he, Salazar would be ridiculous. I don't even know what they would do besides make him maybe more like a, like kind of like a over the computer manipulator kind of mastermind sort of guy. But then how would that fit with the weird death trap castle mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the whole middle of that game? I don't know. That would be, that would be pretty tough. Yeah. I don't know how they would do that.
0: Yeah. That that's what I'm like. I, I really want to find out like what they plan on doing. Cause even the part where like, um, he's got like a giant, what is it? It's like this giant, I don't yeah. know. Like, almost yeah. Robot a, version at of you. Yeah. That
1: chases after you
0: <laughs> that like chases you. And I, and I'm just like, I'm trying to like, like, I'm trying to picture in my head. Like, how would this look if they're trying to do this in a, I guess, realistic, like cinematic way. Like it's, I think it would be they'd either have to like cut it completely out or I don't know, I guess yeah. find some, some way to, to tie it in. Cause the, um, these past two games have had a very, yeah. Very, and they, like, yeah. Well they definitely have a tone.
1: kind of a crossover to them and they are very, a lot more serious, definitely. And I think in a pretty convincing way, I thought both of them did a really good job of, um, kind of reinterpreting the characters in a certain way. And, uh, making it more believable and with the voice actors, I think they did a great job with that. Um, but it's so weird. Cause just, I don't know, Resident Evil 4 is oh, just yeah. so different. Like I'm honestly in the mindset of just don't, don't touch really anything. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm trying to think of, um, <laughs> and I know there's plenty of nostalgia, but I, I honestly believe, I mean, I think it's pretty well agreed that it's one of the best games ever Resident Evil 4. I, don't, I just don't know what you would adjust mm-hmm. besides maybe making a little bit more of a smooth transition between the very strange uh, leaps in the game. Because it is, you know, a cult village, then a medieval castle filled with weird prayer monks to a John <laughs> Carpenter, you know, super oh, battle man. island filled with bandits and stuff like that. Like, it just the tone and the place and the scale gets so thrown all over the place, but it works in a way because of how cheesy the game is, you know, it just like throws so much at the wall and it, it just works. Yeah. And I don't know. It just, I really don't know what they could do. I honestly, I think they'd be better spent with going and um, redoing a code Veronica because code Veronica is way more, uh, tied in with is uh, the, yeah. more it's like more of a canonical number three to the series because the, ne- three. Uh, the original Resident Evil 3 is kind of right. more of a side game in a way because the story and everything like that doesn't really go anywhere besides saying Jill got out you know like that's right. it you know Jill's alive and made it out but like three yeah. or Code Veronica continues on the story of umbrella in a more direct way. And there's a lot more plot and stuff like that. And as well as that game gameplay wise, I only played it once um, quite a while, like a long time ago, but I think that one definitely could use a fresh coat of paint and gameplay tweaks, you know, like, I don't know if I'd ever go back and play the original code Veronica, Mm -hmm. but like I would go back and play the original trilogy.
0: Yeah, I um I actually just be, um just because I've been playing all the games and trying to play all the old Resident Evil, I, I bought the Resident Evil it's like an HD <laughs> um which is questionable the HD part, but it's like a HD re-release on the PS4 of Code Veronica and I was playing it recently and I had to turn the oh, yeah. brightness up like all the way cuz I could not see anything <laughs> and it um I I've been meaning to go back and play it because I've never actually gotten to play the Code Veronica game. I only played mm-hmm. the beginning portions uh, a few times. It doesn't really scream a game that is one that mm-hmm. you want to play. Yeah. Guess, repeatedly because it just with the limitations and the hard Yeah, it everything. it just
1: yeah it be it be something because it also is that was I think I know a lot of people say re four is more to blame for making it more action, but both the late, the second half of three and code Veronica get very actiony and very, you know, uh crazy in terms of like the battles and the creatures and stuff like that. So I, hmm. I think, um I don't know. I think, I think they could, uh I think they could better spend it there. Cause yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like four would be other than just a straight up retexture completely, of re4 i think and get rid of the QuickTime time events because mm-hmm. I, I don't think anyone likes those um just
0: <laughs> yeah
1: entirely do that and i and i like i don't know i feel like their effort would be better spent elsewhere and i think there's already people who are like modders who took the pc version of oh. re4 and did a retexture of it to make the textures um you know full hd and Everything like that.
0: Yeah, i've I've seen I've seen some videos and um, like screenshots of it. It's like it's it's pretty amazing what the um, I guess gaming community has done because they've been able to do uh, different things. Like there was actually uh, this company, I think they were from Italy, and they were going to do like an HD remake of uh, like built from oh, the ground yeah, up yeah, yeah. almost of uh, Resident Evil Two, and then Capcom. Mm-hmm. Capcom was doing that and they were like uh uh-uh, uh like like we're doing this not you so then the game ended up the company ended up changing it and it was just it was just released recently I can't remember what it's called but if you look it up it's basically like almost like a knockoff like an asylum version of Resident Evil 2 yeah it's, it's called um, to be a it's very, called Daymare like, I think to those types of games and then like some like, year like
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the, yeah, yeah, they originally yeah, were doing um it's
0: like nineteen ninety
1: eight. Uh I think it was using the Unreal engine to remake it, and yeah, Capcom was like, sorry guys. Which which I think Capcom Capcom is usually pretty okay <laughs> with people making their own versions of stuff. And, and like they, they let fans like do whatever they want with like the oldest oh, okay. Things. There's like a ton of um fan made uh Mega Man games and stuff like that. But I, I remember when they did that, people were just like, oh man, they usually don't, oh, right. you know, but it, it was, you know, they were, you know, straight up remaking it themselves. And I've heard, I've heard, I think that game is out. That Daymere game is out. Right. I haven't played it, but I've heard, I've heard pretty good, decent things about it for like an yeah, indie game is. like that.
0: Yeah, I've been wanting to check it mm-hmm. out. I've heard some of the aspects aren't exactly polished, but um like i i'm i'm still willing to check it out like i checked out there um there's a game it was on the switch and it was on it might be on ps4 and it's called vaccine and it is a very it's very much a throwback to the um fixed camera angles tank mm-hmm. controls like resident evil 2 and the original and the graphics even look like like playstation graphics like they're all pixelated and the, the twist is that you have um, a timer, so it's about a half an hour, and each level is randomly generated. So the areas and the rooms and the enemies, they're all just random. And basically, you have a, like a half an hour to find an antidote or the vaccine for this person who I think is a friend. And yeah, I don't know if I'd recommend buying it, like maybe if it's on sale, but there are some really cool, like interesting elements to it. Because you'll, you'll find uh, letters on the ground and it will be stuff about um, something like a wormhole and how they were trying to develop this like gate technology to like be able to travel uh-huh. between, um, I don't know, time or dimensions. And so a lot of weird stuff happens. Like a guy will just randomly just like appear and he's all, he's all like shaking. Like he just like appeared from like another dimension. And so it's it's pretty cool, but I, I haven't been able to even beat it once. So I, I would say it's going mm-hmm. to be worth checking out if you can get it okay. for, you know, like five yeah, bucks. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I hope people keep making more stuff like this because I think it's just, it's the time that, um, RE, I mean, RE2 did just so, the remake oh, yeah. just did so well that I think it's it's, I think probably, I hope, going to get the attention of other people to like start working on it as well because I think horror games I don't know probably the last decade have actually gotten a pretty good amount of support but not survival horror because like M- Amnesia when that came out back in I think it was 2010 mm-hmm. um, that started a big rash of these games being you know like uh, first person horror games where you hide and run away from monsters and stuff like that yeah, exactly. And it wasn't until...
0: Yeah, no weapons.
1: Pro- yeah, I think it was Resident Evil 7 straight up that introduced that sort of scenario with tough enemies, first person perspective, but you could fight back in some way. And it did super well. And I think it has jump-started some other mm-hmm. people to start looking that direction. So I hope um, more IPs could come like that, and or it could start um, coming out from something like that and even indie games if they they're—if indie games are to the point where they could start recreating stuff like that too that'd be awesome And uh, even if um, I think it might be kind of unlikely but maybe in like a couple of years if these games st- are still becoming successful maybe Dead Space or Silent Hill could return in some capacity yeah, yeah. In, in some regard I mean yeah, Kojima we'll has said he is doing a horror game next I'm pretty certain <laughs> So I wouldn't be surprised if he finally just makes you know mm-hmm. what he was going to do with PT originally.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I hope that um, what he what he ends up doing next that he's got like the right people involved and that they're just not like here just just go and do whatever you want um, because I, like for for example I didn't play Death Stranding but mm-hmm. I, I I wanted to get it when it came out because it intrigued me but after after seeing some videos and like um, hearing some feedback about it it uh-huh. I, I, I just kept mm-hmm. thinking like that's it like i don't know if you played it yourself but i uh-huh.
1: i liked yeah, it a well, lot what but did it you is think a it? very contentious thing it would be a very tough recommend you know with like a lot like a lot of his stuff i think it is good once yeah. you get a hold of it but you gotta yeah, you gotta know what you're getting in for, I think that it's people who say it's just delivering packages. it's kind of selling it short, you know, I mean, you can break anything down to something like that, you yeah, know, like yeah, you can just be- break any shooter down to like you know you point and click at people you know and move around, you know like like it like there's always more aspects to it, and there is to this right, game, but right. it is one of those things where it's like. I don't know if the story and what he was trying to tell. I don't know. It feels like it's a very conflicted kind of thing. And I could definitely see like, if you're not up for his kind of craziness, or if you're not really interested in that kind of stuff, I could definitely see it it making a bad impression and people not being into it. But, you know, like a lot of his stuff, it's very unique. And, you know, if you're looking for something that's like nothing else really, I mean, that definitely that game is definitely out there, you know?
0: Yeah, def- definitely seems mm-hmm. like something that's uh meant for like a niche audience. Um I like I, I definitely I I wanted to check it out because it the whole thing it intrigued me. I thought it looked very interesting and in that yeah. it had like uh isn't yep. Conan O'Brien in it? Yep. and and Nicholas Winding Reffin, like the director of Drive and Only God Forgives and it just seems so bizarre and it definitely just yeah. seems like a game that only uh Hideo Kojima could come up with and and i guess i guess the stuff that i saw that i was a little uh, i guess ifian was the the cycling um like that aspect just seemed broken and i i kind of thought you know I'll, I'll wait until there's been a few patches until mm-hmm. those parts of the games are i guess more playable cuz they didn't look that playable to me and then also the um uh some someone else i knew who played it they basically said that the story it has almost no impact on the game like the gameplay itself and he described it that you could just take the cutscenes out and it would not change anything about the game to an,
1: to an like, extent i I, don't yeah, know how... you, I could kind of agree with that, that but that there is, is but there are plenty yes, of moments essentially... where it does tie in with it you know Like that idea of like uh, connecting people and stuff like that, and the on foot travel and everything like that, it can just get bogged down. I think is the problem. But that I think this is a whole different discussion you could have. But like the pacing of of open world games, I think screws (laughs) with him with Kojima a lot because he had the same problem with MGS Five, which was a basically an open world game. Mm and um the plot points were spaced out in a really strange way and there's a very similar problem in death stranding as well where there's big gotcha points of good pacing good build up and everything like that to like these valleys of like oh i'm just doing a a regular drop again and stuff like that and and you can do all these like sort of side things that don't really impact very much um but yeah, I don't know. It's, like a, it's a whole other issue. I mean, I think open world games in general have an issue with telling a story in a concise and interesting way.
0: No, I, I definitely agree and feel like, as, especially as I've gotten older, it's harder for me to play open world games because I just don't have that much time to sink into it. And the story can be lost because, mm-hmm. so if you're playing an open world game that's 40 hours long, so, and let's say you have a, a majority of the story towards the beginning and maybe, you know, about five hours in and then, and then you kind of get to the point you're about like, you know, 20 or so hours into the game and not much is happening. And then, you know, for me, I'll put the game down cause life gets yeah. busy. And then I come back in a couple of weeks and I'm like, wait, what am I doing? And then, and then it's like, okay, now I figured out the controls again, but I don't mm-hmm. remember what the story, I don't remember what's going on. Like, why am I here kind of thing? And I feel like that's, for me, and and that kind of ties into your point you made earlier is about um, games where you have um, not a lot of time. Like, you don't have to sink a lot of time into it. You can play it in increments, and when you pick it back up, you don't feel like you're yeah. forgetting something or missing something. You can kind of just pick up where you left off. And I think that's the beauty of, um, like, especially the Resident Evil games, um, because they are... Um, I don't know for, for me, you know, sometimes I'll pick it up and I might have to spend maybe like 10 minutes being like, okay, what was I Mm -hmm. doing again? But it does have like a set path you have to go in. So, and all you have to do is look in your inventory and be like, Oh yeah, I have this like lever. So now I just need to figure out like where it goes. And I, um, the thing I was getting to is that, so you've got, uh, like Hideo Kojima. So, he's, I guess, more used to games that have, like, a a set structure because, you know, that's kind of how games have been. And he's he's very good at uh, getting more cinematic with his games and, like, having this story. But when you have an open-world game and you're trying to tell this, like, crazy, you know, big story, it seems very Mm -hmm. difficult to, like, do both at the same time where you have, like, a a big engaging cinematic story. And then you also have gameplay that feels like it ties into the um,
1: the story. Well, I don't know. I think the way to, to maybe like structure it is like open world games need to kind of be like, kind of like a TV show in a way where um, like something like Samurai Jack, you know, where it's like every episode is kind of disconnected and its own thing, but there's like a, a a point he's trying to get to like a through line that can apply to most of these stories. So it makes sense why they get embroiled with this Mm -hmm. because it could lead to the, the overall goal. You know, I think, I don't know if you ever played the Witcher three, but that game is very much, I think does a very good job of that because the majority of that game, you're trying to find a character And so you do a lot of these jobs that help you explore and understand these areas and in some way could tie into finding this person you're looking for, you know?
0: But yeah, as far as the, like, the future of, like, the Resident Evil series and, like, survival horror series, um, I think just because how well, like, Resident Evil 3, like, regardless mm-hmm. if people thought it was great or, you know, it kind of missed okay, the mark, good. it sold a ton of copies, like, it, it did very well, so so I know Capcom is not, like, they're already, I know they're they're probably planning, mm-hmm. like, a bunch of Resident Evil games right now as we speak, but I have a feeling that you have oh, yeah. so many other games, like, you know, the Dead Space series, you have Dino Crisis, you've got Silent Hill, which... Silent Hill has yeah, arguably like, had a good game. In, in, I don't know, 20 years. <laughs> so, I mean, the room was the room is pretty cool, <laughs> Silent Hill the room. I mean, oh, yeah, that movie's pretty horrifying, Salafilm, too, yeah. But I mean, that that movie's pretty good too. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the ultimate survival horror. But yeah, especially Silent Hill because um, like when I was when I was growing up, like it was always like Resident Evil, Silent Hill, Toe to Toe. Like those yeah. always seem like the two like horror franchises. And Re- Resident Evil is like the pretty much as big as, as big as it's ever been. And then Silent Hill is just yeah. you know lost yeah, in I fog. Mean, they just or, so to speak
1: suffered with having the war you know, like pun, the pun worst publisher but, ever.
0: <laughs> you know, yeah, which is which is it's it's really a bummer because. Um, I never really got to play the Silent Hill games, like, Mm -hmm. um, very casually. I've I've played some of them, but it seems like the series has such potential that it hasn't really been able to, like, um, aside from, like, the originals, like, the classics, it hasn't really been able to, like, I don't know, get back to that that level of... um, You know, it being renowned for being... Yeah, I think think it just kind of lost its way because the... Video game franchise.
1: I think the success of Resident Evil was because it's such an amorphous, big, collaborative thing that once it got handed off to different people, it could be picked up and spun off into a very... into something else that still works so well, you know? Like, they've had... Those games... In the early days, had so many different directors. Like the right. the actual creator of the series, Shinji Mikami, has only directed three of the games. And there's probably I don't know, there's probably at least like twenty five games or titles in that series. And he's I think he's only directed three, which are some of the best ones. But oh, absolutely! Um, Silent Hill was very much an auteur sort of thing. There's a, a lot of good retrospective videos on the series that kind of outline it, but like those first three games had like the same set Mm. of creative heads about them. And the games feel very the first three and kind of four to an extent have a very tightly knit kind of story and logic and idea and stuff like that. And it's a very much more somber and serious series, you know? So as soon as it got taken away from that in it, just, even if it was, with a more deft hand that was took that series it still would have been a very drastic change and it did not help them that they got the series handed to a very different mindset because i think it was moved to an american team and those original games are very have a much more japanese approach to horror it felt mm. like and um the the because it is a much more quiet impending mm-hmm. sort of fear and then if you look at the American made ones there's way more blood and jump scares and stuff like that and more pop which is way more Resident Evil you know and not <laughs> right. to say anyone is better than the other but just they had their own identities and then you know one suited the, the you know franchising um, path than the other you know
0: yeah, which is which is unfortunate because, um, like, that's a that's a great point that you brought up. That you had like you know a dedicated group that developed these games that really made it into what it was, and then it kind of goes off in in the hands of other developers. And if they don't really understand fully the, you know, the series itself and just the mm-hmm. basic elements of like just what makes it what makes it scary and effective, and and then also, um, the thing I was gonna mention is that because um, I, I, I watched a couple of videos recently. There was even uh, it was a <laughs> Silent Hill two yeah. and three like remake, like remaster. Um, and there's a there's a great video. I I'll have to I'll have to send it to you, but um, the, the guy his his channel um, his name is Matt McMussels and he does these videos called What Happened? where he talks about games and movies and stuff where mm-hmm. it just all went, like, down the shitter, basically, during uh, production. And the, I think, Silent Hill Homecoming, yeah. which mm-hmm. I think came out on, like, it was, like, PS3, I think. And then the, the two and three yeah. remakes, um, those, were, those were both, like, shit shows. And it just kind of showed you that what can happen when you have an existing property that's already just amazing. And then you kind of put it in the hands of someone who um, maybe not fully understands it, or they're trying to work with limitations that they have. And then they have the company, you know, the company who's hiring them is putting a ton of pressure on them and saying like, Hey, you need to get this done in this amount of time. This game needs to be out at this time. Cause, cause that's really what it comes down to is, um, these developers and the people like Mm -hmm. who who did these more recent games just not having enough time to do what they were being pressured to do and then you see the games you know when they came out and just how poorly they were received and it just it really just reflects on the uh i don't know the stupid decisions that these like companies have made because they're just trying to like Mm -hmm. you know Push it out so they can and you it's know, yeah and it's it's it. a tough industry it's, and I that's pretty much and that's all what I worry like. about
1: Resident Evil because I think Resident Evil had its problem by just having that it was like Capcom have a bad habit of doing that where basically any series of theirs that they does well they basically just don't know when to quit you know and they just force it and force it and force it and you know like it was. First, it was like Mega Man then Street Fighter, you know, and like each one has like its heyday. And then there's just too many games coming mm-hmm. out and then people just get sick of them because even if they're good, there's just too many of them, you know, to like to like handle them. I know the Mega Man games suffered from that, I think, <laughs> right. in the early 2000s because they had multiple. Oh, C- my they gosh. had like um they had the Battle Network things. They had the regular 2D games. They had like X. They had. Uh, I don't know if Legends was around still but they had like multiple franchises or series within a franchise releasing mm-hmm. in the same year and like I know a lot of them are very good but a lot of them never get talked about because it's just right. this overlap and Resident Evil had the same problem where it was. I don't know if it really ever really slowed down. Maybe like for like a five year period between six and seven, it kind of maybe slowed down a bit, but it was like almost every year, mm-hmm. probably from like whenever five came out to like, to like just a little bit after six, there was like a resident evil game every year, you know, like every, like every, like, and like there, there was, yeah. Cause there was, mm-hmm. it was, there was five, right. there's that operation game. They had that online shooter, they had revelations games and then six and it just was so Mm -hmm. much coming out that it was like, and uh, from what I I, I haven't played all those, but from what I know, a lot of them were not well received. And so it was just nice to have like a break then come out with this new take on the series and have it be accepted so well. So I really worry for them if they do feel this need to put something out every single year you know which from the rumors it is and we can get into this now uh the rumors of the Resident Evil 8 you know it's it sounds like that's supposed to come out next year and then mm, the yeah. rumors are that re- that remake of 4 is supposed to come out in 2022 so the year after that so i'm i'm kind of worried they're not going to learn their lesson here gotcha. you know
0: yeah i mean i i have those worries too it's uh because you're definitely right like uh, as much as I love the Mega Man series, there is like mm-hmm. so many games in the series and so many uh-huh. that I haven't even been able to play all of them, even though I have all of the Mega Man collections. But um, it does seem though recently, and this is why I'm a bit more optimistic, it does seem that Capcom has, uh, they, they have been doing a great job of realizing that they have like um, these great properties that have existing fan bases, and they seem to like right now anyways, they seem to understand like what what is making them great, what makes people appreciate them so mm-hmm. Capcom out of a lot of the game companies have been they've been really killing it uh, recently and and of course, like you you can't have too much of a good thing, and that's why, as much as i'd love to see more Resident Evil games, yeah. I hope that they don't try to start rushing them out um but um like for example the resident evil 3 remake that had actually been in development for years so it wasn't exactly rushed out um you know maybe more towards the end but it's not <laughs> like just in one year they were like all right uh-huh. th- the second one was a hit let's do the third like it had actually already been in development and um i'm, I'm very curious though with resident evil 8 because i've been reading a lot of things about it and how yeah. it's going to be a continuation of seven biohazard, which was in first person. So it was another way they were shaking up the, uh, the formula. And this one I heard it's supposed to be like scarier. It's supposed to be more supernatural. So you might have more. Yeah. Like, and I, I, I want to try to find the quote, stuff like that.
1: Cause there was, there's been some crazy stuff that's been said about this, and um, there's this main guy who's been, who kind of was, uh, I forgot if he just was a contact or he worked with the teams, but he's basically just was the guy who came out with all this info about like he's like, because I think it started with like him saying like they're not gonna support RE three anymore, like they did with RE two, because RE two had some content releases throughout last year and he was saying how that's not gonna happen Mm -hmm. with three because the team is already moved on to work on a new project and then he mentioned stuff for resident evil 8 and he's like it's far along it's probably coming out next year and he said something like it's a very different take on from even from the last version and he said something like he thinks that it's going to really piss off and put off a lot of people, but he said that that still might be, it still might be interesting. Like it'll be very different. Mm. And I was trying to think, I'm like, what do you think that means? You know?
0: Right. So you got almost a catch 22. You have, if you try to make it too much like the original, then you, you could have, or like, like seven, I guess. Um, or even the original games, you could have people who are saying like, oh, you're, you know, this was not, um, I don't know, I guess, like they didn't take enough chances with it. They just kind of, they played it safe. And then on the other side, if they try to, you know, really change things up and try new things, um, because I'm not opposed to them trying new things. And, you know, because, I mean, if you look at Resident Evil 4, that definitely took, this like pre-established series, and they totally did a bunch of stuff. Like they they added in these elements, which now you know seem cartoonish looking back. But they took the they took the chances, and they were able to come up with something that is now regarded as a classic. So I'm not really opposed to them making mm-hmm. you know changes to the formula, so to speak. But I just hope they don't go too crazy and like too overboard, where it doesn't. Yeah it it really doesn't resemble like it's yeah i'm like I'm, its, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm i'm all
1: for them trying like new types of systems and stuff like that and part of it was they mentioned it would be like a new gameplay style they mentioned and i was trying to think i mean the only thing that makes sense to me that doesn't completely <laughs> blow things up would be like a open world like a pseudo open world yeah which which has me worried but i mean they're they're very popular now oh and mm-hmm. I, I could see that, but if I were to guess, I think they would do yeah. a more contained open world with something that's not, which the Resident Evil games kind of are in a way. They're kind of like Metroid, the Metroidvania kind of games where you've got like certain spaces and you go and acquire new things, but instead of new power ups, it's basically mm-hmm. puzzle pieces to open up new areas. And. And I, if they just expanded that a little bit more and had more of a freeform nature, right? like there's an area that you can explore, but you can pick more so as opposed to being railroaded into new sequences like you are in all, all the other games. I don't know. That's that's probably the only thing I'd be like right? cool thumbs up with just on a whim, but I don't really know what else they could do, you know, like what new gameplay like style they could implement, you know.
0: Maybe like a side scroller,
1: Resident Evil card game, card battler.
0: I mean that that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> yeah, like that.
1: That's too far.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't want. I don't want new stuff that much. <laughs> yeah, I. I don't know. That would be for like I would still play it, but I really, I. I wouldn't especially be interested in them doing an open world game because. I don't know if it's not done well I just I'm just not the biggest fan of open world games because for me I find those games because it's just so big and there's so many customization options and there's so much to do that I kind of just get to the point where it just feels a bit overwhelming and it's like all right well I know I'm not really gonna probably get to the end of this so I'll I'll get to you know maybe like Uh halfway through or like 20 30 hours yeah I'd, like I'd be more in favor of yeah, something shorter, more
1: um, replayable you know in uh, some sort of way
0: that's i feel like that's not um that's not asking for much you know something that is e- even if it is open world but like something that does you know uh warrant that replayability because that's that's what i feel like a lot of those games are about um and a lot of survival horror games too and that you want to keep coming back because there's there's different ways to play or different elements that you might not have, you know, noticed or gotten to experience the first time. And like in the original resident evil with Mm -hmm. the mansion, like each time you play it, you know, the layout, like just a bit more than you did the time before. Um, so it's, it's like things like that that give you more reason to like, keep, you know, keep coming back. So I'm hoping that they don't, you know, try to turn the series into, I mean, you could argue that it has already been, uh, a cash cow <laughs> before with, with all these games, but that they don't turn it back into that. And they're just yeah. able to, I don't know, let the fans experience the best of both worlds. I'm, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed because like, it, even if it wasn't like the most amazing, like I still really enjoy the resident evil three remake. And I, I have high hopes for eight and four and whatever else they might have in store. So anyway, so Mm -hmm. survival horror, obviously it is something that we are both very interested in, but, um, so Noah, I just wanted to say, is there anything, Mm -hmm. because, um, this is, this is my attempt at a segue to, um, getting us towards the end of the episode. Um, do you have any, I don't know, I guess anything in, in, um, anything you're working on?
1: The other projects I kind of have been thinking about working on have gotten kind of pushed, uh, you know, um, but it's given me more time to, to think about them. Specifically the ones that got pushed was there was a, uh, there's a horror series I've been trying to like maintain with at least one um, short a year at least. I want to try to speed that up, but I got one of those that I've got basically everything figured out and ready to shoot once everything goes back to normal. Um, and then another Uh, one that I'm working on right now that's more of a comedy sort of thing that I that I'm putting stuff together for I've never really done anything like that before but it's got kind of a different twist on it in terms of the setting and everything like that but that's a more new idea I just came up with but uh, in terms of stuff that I, I can actively work on I've been doing experimenting with stuff that I can just do kind of by myself you know and work on so I've been doing a lot more drawing and animation and stuff like that. And so I've got a lot more of that coming out, um, soon.
0: Oh, that's awesome, man. I don't know if you heard, but today that, um, I guess it's now okay for, um, I think up to 10 people to be in like a setting. So, um, it seems like Mm -hmm. now is, would, would be, um, a good time to like start getting those projects rolling. And also it's funny you mentioned comedy because, Um, I've done a lot of horror films and I have been really wanting to branch into comedy because I love comedy and I I've had, I've written Mm -hmm. some stuff and and I have some like ideas. So I've been trying to like, I guess, branch into comedy. So I would, I would definitely be interested in uh, collaborating on that because that's, yeah, it was something I wanted. I was going to uh, try to
1: pitch to once I had exactly um, how many people and actors I'd need. I was going to see if maybe that could be the next thing we, uh, use that group on that was working on the previous film, you know? So, yeah, I'll definitely, I'll keep you posted as I'm figuring it out more. I'm going to try to write more of it this Uh, weekend.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Well, I'd love to hear about it. Lately, um, you know, especially with, um, Mm -hmm. you know, things happening, I'm trying to keep the mood light. So I've been watching a ton of comedies. You know, I recently binge watch a book. Like I basically got like all of the spoof movies that I hadn't, owned before and I just binge-watched all of them and which was a great it was a great decision and then just recently I I repurchased some movies that I used to <laughs> own so I got like This Is The End and beer Beerfest and like The Harold and Kumar films so like I've just been watching a lot of comedies and it's really gotten me now I have I feel like I have more of the bug that I want to like um make something make something funny because um like I, like, I, I love to like, just kind of make people laugh. So I'm like, well, why mm-hmm. don't I try to do that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anything you start <laughs> seems watching like the most enough, logical thing to do,
1: incorporating that into your own creative process.
0: Oh yeah. And I, I just don't think I've like, I've definitely been intaking a lot of comedy, but I haven't really put it, been putting that into my, mm-hmm. like the projects I'm working on. So I think that's going to be one of the next things I have to work on. But yeah, anyways, Noah, I do want to thank you so much again for joining me today. And um, also for my listeners for checking out another episode of my show, Technical Difficulties. If you want to, um, definitely just send me your feedback. Uh, You can email me at dmhendrix89 at gmail.com. Or you can leave me a comment on social media. I do uh, post a new episode every Sunday. So be sure this coming Sunday to um, be on the lookout for um, the latest episode. And then also what i'm going to be doing is i want to have more people on the show but what i want to do what i use to record is called anchor and there there's a feature on it where i can like basically post a link and people can send me messages so what i'd like to do is um post the link on like social media and then um you can um send me questions or you can send me messages and then i'd like to do an episode where i <laughs> will like answer those questions or like play the message and i don't know maybe make fun of you or something but <laughs>